Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into tonight's edition of the PHLY Flyers podcast. As you guys can clearly tell, it's a little bit different here tonight. No, there is no Bill. There is no Charlie from the arena, but we got here the call-ups here. We're called we're called up from Lehigh Valley here, ladies and gentlemen. We made the AHL call-up tonight. There you go. Welcome everyone to the PHLY Flyers post-game show against the Flames. I am JP Sapata and join with producer co-host Tyler Zuli. Tyler, my man. First off, Happy New Year, brother. Welcome on in, man. How are you feeling? Happy New Year to you as well. This is cool. We're getting a chance to kind of pinch hit tonight. Um, as uh, So I'm, I don't know where you're doing the show. I'm doing the show from my mom's house because it's <laughs> a little bit more quiet because where I am in Ben Salem, they have been letting off fireworks since oh, probably bet. about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the one thing I don't get, JP, before we dive into this game, yeah, why set off fireworks during the day? Like <laughs> – the whole thing about fireworks is to see them and they're a spectacle at night. So you have just been scaring my dog relentlessly <laughs> for dog. six hours. Now the dog has been under the bed for six straight hours. I can't get her to eat. I can't get her to go outside. Like, what are we doing here? Come on, Ben Salem. Let's get this dog. Let's get some dog. Th- their nerves are back on track here. Come on, man. But no, I get it. I, I, I listen. I grew up in Jersey where fireworks were illegal for the longest of time. So, like, I would go down to Miami like every now and then for Christmas, and that's when I would get my firework take. But now I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I mean, I think listen, fireworks definitely dope. But midnight. That's when the big bang happened. That's, that's when well, the holiday I mean, actually starts off. So that's when the fireworks should start and tell. But uh, unfortunately, Tyler in Philadelphia, as you guys can clearly tell, I'm rocking my Kelly Green. It's not a good day for Philadelphia heading no. to 2024. But listen, as you know me, Tyler, I'm going to find a little bit of optimism here because maybe this means that in 2024, we'll have some more success with our teams because, yeah, the end of 23 for all our Philly sports teams, it, it was a little bit of a headache. So. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully we get some better stuff here in 20. Yeah, I, I think I think with this game specifically tonight, the one thing that I can hang my hat on that I can't hang my hat on with the debacle that was the Eagles game earlier today. The Flyers are three games in four nights. This long West Coast Disney on ice road trip is brutal every single year. Like this is the stretch of the season where we kind of figure out what this team can be at times because they're away from, uh, you know, from home for so long and they're playing in Vancouver. They're playing in Calgary. They're playing sometimes in L.A. and sometimes in Anaheim and they're changing time zones and they're changing countries. And it's it's a, it's a, a really long like slog grind type two weeks for this team every single year. And, you know, with tonight. I think they looked a little. They looked a little tired. They looked a little slow. Like there was heavy legs tonight. I, there was a, there were a couple of guys that I thought looked fresh. Sam Harrison was honestly listen. Sam, I thought Sam Harrison was great tonight. I really, really thought he was very, very good. I know we'll dive into 
Um, you know, the, the one goal he gave up was a little weak. We're going to dive into like the mask thing that turned into the power play because that was a little strange as well. But I thought Arison was really good tonight. I thought Ryan Paling was strong tonight. I know he didn't, you know, uh, t- tally on the, the stat sheet, but I thought he looked the freshest. There were a couple of times where I watched him kind of dive deep into the boards and get and, you know, get deep on on some pucks. And uh, I, I thought that they they, they were just they. They had heavy legs. I, I'm not going to fault them for effort tonight. It's the third game in four nights. Um, it was just, it is what it is tonight. I hate to say that because, you know, you, you leave points on the board, but it kind of feels like it is what it is. No, I mean, you kind of nail it on the head with all that, dude. Like, it, it's, listen, these trips are always a real test for our guys. And, you know, over the past couple of years, they've obviously failed these with flying colors. But since Torts has arrived, they've done a better job. This year, it's weird, Tyler, right? Because you said they played three games in four nights. The first of this trip, they played against one of the best, if not the best team in the NHL this year in the regular season in Vancouver. Dude, they spanked them in their own barn. And so you move you move into Seattle. It's always a tough outing. And I know everyone wants to get one on Hackstall. And they ran out of gas truly in that one. So yeah. you get a night off. Then you come back here tonight against Calgary. And unfortunately, I, I, I listen, Urson gave you the game here. I mean, he pretty much set this up. He was standing on his goddamn head, like you just said. He was absolutely spectacular. Calgary, it's not like Calgary uh, in the first, I would say in the first half of this game. First period and a half of this game, Calgary really didn't do anything as that was that was too dangerous. They had some shots. They had I think they had like ten shots into the first period, but Urson was controlling everything. Made everything seemed so easy, but then like Calgary lifted the intensity up after that thirty minute mark, and it was just too much for the Flyers. And the tri- the Flyers would try to put up bring up their intensity as well, but it just was not happening. Thirty two shots on goal for Calgary here, and Urson saw all of those. And it's funny because I want to I want to start off this discussion here because this is a discussion that a lot of Flyers fans are having right now. The goalie position has become so interesting right now, dude, because sure has. this point last year, it was Carter Hart's the future. When do we resign him? Are we going to build a good team around him? And now this year, the discussion is like, dude, it, the, the goalie position for us is 50-50. Like, there's one A and one B because the way Urson has been playing, he's really given the Flyers clear shots in every single game, not to mention his shutout record as well. But Carter Hart has been the bread and butter for the last couple of years. Even with some terrible hockey, we've asked this young kid to be the man between the pipes, and he's done that with flying colors. So it is an interesting dilemma now. And Urson, dude, he kept us in this game. This could have been Calgary's game throughout the entirety. I'm curious your thoughts on this discussion, man. Yeah, and it's funny, too. Like, when you talk about a goalie tandem in years past, and and – you know, I hate to go back to the year they used, what, seven goaltenders or whatever it was. It was like a revolving door of goalies. Uh, when you talk about, you know, a, a 50-50 split amongst goalies, more times than not, it's one of two things. It's the good is you have maybe a veteran goalie who's been really good for a long time and a young kid who's, you know, starting to to rise. And, um, you know, you could start to maybe see the shit. And now, granted, one's a Hall of Famer and one's still young, looks like he might be, but like, you could see like Shesterkin starting to come along with the Rangers as Lundqvist was getting a little bit older. Now it was Shesterkin and, exactly. and, and Georgiev for a little bit too. And it was like, you know, the writing's on the wall. Like we all realized that Shesterkin's a better goaltender than Georgiev is, but they were kind of splitting 50-50. The other one is Shesterkin and Georgiev when it's two young goaltenders together and you're trying to pair, uh, you know, match these two young kids you know, and, and figure out who's the, the the goaltender of the future. The the bad one is when you have a bunch of veteran goalies who kind of all stink, or or are just very very average. And I am looking at the numbers through the season for a team like the Carolina Hurricanes. Now it's different as of late, but to start the year. It was Antti Ranta and Freddie Anderson and Freddie Anderson, and they were both struggling. I think Carolina gave up five, has given up five goals or more ten times this year, but they've scored 127, so it doesn't matter. They're still, you know, still killing it because the Carolina Hurricanes are a darn good hockey team. But their goal differential is seven. So to have a, a goaltender situation where both are a positive, where both Carter Hart, who's been really good, I know he was sick for a while and they're probably still easing him back into this thing a little bit. And then Sam Harrison, who's just been 
really a revelation. Like I think we saw him getting better in, you know, towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year. I wasn't sure he was going to take this kind of leap. And it's so refreshing to be able to go, okay, whichever goaltender you're running out there, you're feeling good about for the most part. That and dude, that's the crazy part about it. I mean, we got Eric in here talking about Pelly Lindbergh. I mean, dude, it's been so like generations of Flyers fans that don't know this feeling right here of having sustainability at that position, the most important position of this sport. It's truly remarkable. Um, you know, K K Red brings up a good point. Keep them both. If we can get Hart for a decent price, we wouldn't get as much for Hart in a trade as people think. I'm I'm with you, K Red, and obviously the Hockey yeah. Canada stuff is up in the air with Carter Hart as well. But you keep them both, you allow them to compete, and listen, competition brings the best out of everyone. I think that's what's the best part about this is we're getting the best out of both of these kids because competition is great. And so when we're moving forward here, I don't want anyone to fall in love with the goal, and I, that's my point here. I don't want I don't think anyone should be falling in love with a goaltender because of the nature that the position in the in the sport in 2020. Four now that we're heading into 24 here dude like you i the good teams i just see unless you have that like elite hall of fame type of player you just don't marry yourself to a goaltender and so you allow this to keep playing out and oh by the way the pipeline for this position down the line is still pretty bright as well so uh, this position it's crazy how it's turning around so in 2023 and the future looks even brighter but for right now i I'm, I'm with Torts, and, I, and you obviously your guys are everyone's seeing the trend right now. I mean, Urson got the start in Vancouver, got hurt, uh, and then you saw Carter Hart play most of it. And in a, in a night like tonight, I would expect Carter Hart to be back in there, but he went with Urson because Urson was ready to go, and th that goes to show that the trust that Torts has with both these guys is now equal. So you might see some Ur Urson when you don't expect them. It's a wild card, and that's gonna be. We're out to see what Torts. Uh, decides to do on a night-to-night -night basis. Yeah, and, and so I'm trying to uh, to sort through the the games played numbers to kind of back up your your conversation because I think really pretty much at this point, long gone are the days of like Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur and you know even Henrik Lundqvist and and some of these guys that were you know 2010s goalies. I think long. I shouldn't say long gone because it doesn't feel that long ago. But as we get further and further away from it. Uh, you're not going to see a ton of goalies start 55, 60 games anymore. Like mm -hmm. I think the last one now, again, I go back to Shesterkin just because like I'm in all of that guy, just because he's, so I, I don't blame incredible. you. <laughs> like I'm so jealous watching him play the, the goalie, you know, goalie position on not, not a nightly basis, but when I do watch the Rangers, um, but I, I'm sitting here and I'm like going through the, the goaltending numbers through you know, the first, we're not at the halfway point yet, but we're, you know, getting closer to the halfway point. You're looking at 26 as kind of a high 29. I think, uh, I think Soros has played in 29 games for Nashville. Um, that's about where you're sitting now when, you know, you're looking at how many starts, you know, the goaltending splits and how many starts your goaltenders are going to get in a year. Absolutely. And uh, right. Carter Hart's probably going to play on Tuesday night. Probably be my guess. Probably. I, I would I would agree with that there. Um, we do need to talk about the penalty in the third period or the delay of game on yeah. person there. I, I, I think it's I think it's just weird, dude, because like to me in every sport, safety of the player needs to be, be the most important thing, more important than the entertainment on the ice. The dude's helmet, it, it, it snapped. The, the, the buck on the back snapped. That should be the, the stop of play right then and there. But instead, Urson, I mean, I, Urson just reacted. Takes the helmet off, drops yeah. it, gets a de delay of game. Obviously, as K-Red says, now maybe he'll, he'll learn in the future what the rule is. But, I mean, to me, like, that is just a, 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 like, a, like a factor of health of the player needs to be important their game needs to be stopped yeah it's it's tough because i think you know and i'm uh, you know listening to jj talk about it on the broadcast tonight uh, they're talking about like the intent of throwing the helmet off and so they say you know if he shakes it off his head like he's a bobblehead is that any different than using your hands and taking the the helmet off and i guess by rule definition it probably is but it's so like it's so weird to me that if you're going in the direction of health and safety, and, and they should be because that's all that matters when something like that is on the line, it's very weird to me that 
you're able to make the distinction of he pointed at the, you could see him pointed up right you see him like he put the, the the blocker up by his head snap you know strap has snapped nobody said anything and so he takes matters into his own hands because you saw what happened earlier in the year when he had a similar situation it kind of the the mask kind of gets turned sideways and a goal gets given up so if he gives up the goal on the 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 one previously and he gets penalized on this one what is your goaltender to think when it happens for another time now granted does it happen a third time in one season that's super unlucky but what is, what's what's the gut reaction play through it and give up the goal because you can't see take it off and hope that they don't call a penalty on you or the worst thing and i don't even want to put this into the into the ether like put this into existence take it off and then an, an, an injury happens Dude, you imagine like a puck just hits Urson in the face? And I don't even need to go that far, but a stick up towards the eyes, you know, uh, especially like when there's that scrum down to like, I I know that this is extremely hyperbolic and it's a movie, but like that scene in Goon (laughs) just like plays in my head. And I know that that's so far fetched and it's like the most ridiculous scene in a sports movie ever. But that scene like just plays (laughs) in my head and I go, all right, maybe not that extreme, uh-huh. but an injury could happen in that in, in that case. No, for sure. For sure, man. For sure. Absolutely. Well, guys, listen, we're, we're all having fun talking Flyers hockey after a loss. I get it. I get it. I know everyone's after this is going to go ahead and celebrate, have a little fun, have a little bit of drinking. Tomorrow morning, everyone's going to be hungover. Well, guys, uh, as we always do here, we guys always get you guys with the solutions here. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow morning, go try to find Bagels & Co. If not, go this week. Go get check out Bagels & Co. Thank you so much to our sponsor here today of Bagels & Co. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite, sp- our favorite spot here uh, for all your bagel needs here as well. Uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when you guys uh, check out and real quick here, guys, make sure you guys check out Bagels & Co., locations all throughout philadelphia uh, thank you so much to our friends here at bagels and co for sponsoring here today all yeah, right while we're at it jp uh, let me tell you a little bit about our uh, one of our other favorites game time because i've told you about game time plenty of times uh this app i downloaded this app before i even started even i knew that this this company what we're doing with phoi existed because i was so tired of hidden fees and i was so tired of getting a ticket and then not really knowing where I'm going to sit because when you do it with like the stadium view, you kind of have an idea of your section, but you're kind of going off of what you've seen in the past. And unless you are a frequent uh, visitor to a stadium, like JP is the Subaru park, for example, you maybe don't know what you're looking at. And it, the, the, even more can be true for if you're going to a concert, I told this the other day, but uh, me and my buddies went to a concert uh, out in Reading and you and I were talking about this venue a couple of weeks ago. We went to a concert out in Reading and it was a, a great show, but we thought our seats were a lot better than what they were because we ended up right behind the mixer. We ended up right behind the, the, the big, mixer board and it was really difficult for us to see and it makes sense as to why the ticket prices were what they were but if we would have used the game time app we would have been able to see an exact spot and picture of our seat and it's why i can't recommend the game time app enough but you don't need to just use it for sports or music comedy and theater is also included and last minute deals and best price guarantee you will stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have and if you're a first time user on the game time app download the app and use the code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase and JP we know uh parking gets expensive we oh, know yeah. that uh, if you want to get a beer or two that gets expensive 20 bucks might get you into the into the lot 20 bucks might get you your first beverage or two so download the game time app and use that code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase absolutely yeah man obviously we're 24 you know we'll see what the flyers do but you guys definitely want to check it out maybe head on over to the to the barnyard and get use the game time app guys for sure all right let's let's move on here tyler i, I mean i kind of want to just like talk real quick about just like this this road trip that's been for the flyers i i, I know like these road trips are always tough to and i'm talking about the disney on ice road trip where they have to go onto the west coast it is always tough here and i know that we may be expected to win here against Calgary, but I want to remind Calgary is a tough team. It's a tough outing. It's a team that works their ass off. And, you know, you've heard Charlie on here on post game shows talk about it before. 
This is a team that clearly is punching above their weight, right? This Flyers team has exceeded expectations. They're going out there. They're grinding it out for, for three periods every single night. And when, when they're doing that, most of the time they're outworking the other team. And a night like tonight, I think that a mixture of just the road trip, Remember, there's been an illness. We don't know exactly, you know, as guys are in the com- and what girls are commenting in the comment section about Carter Hart and who knows what kind of injury bug he, or what kind of, of uh, illness bug he's got going on right now. But there's some type of illness going on within the, the, the locker room. When you mix all those factors in there, Tyler, it's it just to me like tonight's result. I kind of kind of saw it coming. I know it sucks. I know it, 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 it's not what you expected because you want to get a win especially after Eagles loss here today, going into the new year. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Don't mention it. That's the, that's the last time you say that team name on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are banning the Eagles, man. <laughs> it is it is it's just it is tough, man. I I I look at this team and I don't know exactly what's going to happen because as we know the Metro is always tough. Even this year where, you know, even like Pittsburgh is, is near the bottom, you know, Washington is b- bouncing up and down in, in the standings. The Metro is still really tough. The Eastern Conference is still really tough. And the Flyers have been punching above their weight. But now that we're we're moving closer and we're almost at the second half of the season here, what are we really, truly going to expect here from this team? You got guys like Sean Couture, Travis Connect, which I want to talk about TK in a little bit because, dude, he deserves some praise here. Um you look at some of the young players who have stepped up as well. The goaltending has been huge. Tor- Tortorella's leadership has been big as well for this team. But how long is this going to last? How long is it going to keep this Flyers above weight, man? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know the direct answer to that question because every time I start to question this team, they kind of snap back into the form that we've expected. I shouldn't say we've expected that we've seen over the course of the season, which to me, JP shows shows the mark of a, a good team and I know that um, Charlie and 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 uh, Bill have talked about this in the past at some point a good team is just a good team and you could say and, and when we say good it, it's pretty relative because like you talked about the Metro is extremely difficult uh, the last I checked Pittsburgh was uh, second to the bottom of the Metro and they were three points behind the Flyers like this entire division sans Columbus is right in the thick of things and I kind of expect that to be the case for a bulk of the season. I think a lot of us expected that to be the case for the bulk of the season. Because when you look at the the breakdown of good and bad teams over the course of the last two years, the Metro's been one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest Max, division in, in, in the league to play in. So, like, I, I look at the Metro and I compare it to, like, the Pacific. Because mm-hmm. the Pacific... Vancouver is playing. You want to talk about punching above their weight. They're like, we keep saying, when is this going to fade? When is this going to fade? When is this going to fade? And they just continue to win games. And they're 13, four and one at home. They've been really, really good inside Vancouver, which is why it was so incredible to see the the, the Flyers come in there and get that win. Vegas is probably the best team in hockey right now. Um, I know that they've played one additional game than Vancouver and they're tied in points. But to me, they're the most complete team in hockey, I think. Uh, LA has been really strong. We talk about 45 points from them. And then there's a, a pretty significant drop off like Seattle's at 37, but I, I don't view them as a very good team. Like they've won four consecutive games to get to that 37 mark. Calgary has not duplicated the successes they've had of a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, the Johnny hockey hundred plus uh, win campaign, you know, he moves on and the guys that they bring in, um, have not filled that void. Like Jonathan Huberto has been so weird to me. A hundred seriously, a hundred plus points in Florida. And what do you have? 60 last year or 50, 50, 62, something along those lines. Like the, the bottom portion of the Pacific is still not good. Calgary's not good. Anaheim's not good. San Jose. I know that they have 21 points now, which is better than like the four they had for the first six, six weeks of the year. Um, But they suck. And so the disparity in talent is I think pretty significant. No, a- a- absolutely. And I-, I think one thing to remember is that like, this is technically still like a rebuilding year. Like they have been punching above their weight and right. they're, they're knocking on the door in a playoff spot, but 
the point of this year was to get those younger players to take that next step. Um, your tippets of the world, your Morgan Frost of the world. I mean, obviously you're seeing what Bobby Brinks doing, Cam York, Igor Zamul, like those type of players. You were trying to see them take that next step. And hopefully the leadership that, you know, the Coots, Cam Atkinson, Scott Lawton's of the world can help these players with the development. And obviously deadline time is I saw K Red mention that that then uh, also break is a month away. So deadline time is not far away from that either. Who knows? We were looking at possibly trading one or two of one of these veteran players, and we'll see what transpire about that. But I think that for me, no matter what happens this year, I'm just extremely happy with this team. Like, you know, this the thing about all like the blunders that we've had in Philly sports with the Phillies, the birds right now, the union, uh, the Sixers and the Flyers who we've kind of just like, you know, put away in the back burner. Like, people are actually talking about them. People actually want to know what's going on. Fire. I don't know about Utah, but people are asking me, like, dude, are the Flyers good again? I'm like, they're good hockey to watch now. I wouldn't say they're there yet, but they're a competitive team. The Wells Fargo Center is not an easy dub on your schedule anymore. No, you got to go in there and you got to battle it out. And those are the type of things that I genuinely enjoy seeing. We still have ways to go. It's power play still terrible, and and tonight was bad again. Uh, oh my god! But well, so JP, I, I think I, I think between these two teams, it was like an exercise in futility on the power. Oh my god! Now, granted, the the, the flame score on the late one, mm. um, you know, after the the late power play, but they did score on the power play. I am correct. Like I'm, I'm it's late, and my yeah. mind is is going to mush <laughs> at this point. Um, but it was like every entry was broken up. There was no sustained you know, offensive presence. And I will say this, speaking of sustained offensive presence, um, I heard it mentioned quite a few times on the broadcast today. And and I bring it up because I thought, I thought JJ was on his game today. Um, there, the, the, the flyers wanting uh, willingness, not just willingness, but wantingness to pass the puck. A, it said to me that they were looking for the easier shot selection. And that's probably because of tired legs. They weren't going to lug the puck in and True. beat three guys. Like I watched Owen Tippett do it once. I saw TK do it once, but I think for the most part, they were content with set entry players or set uh, offensive third plays because there was no, there were no legs tonight. But I think even though you could tell that they were gassed and you could tell that they were uh, overwhelmed, I think a little bit by the three games in four days, I thought the patience was really good on the five on five. They had, especially in the first period, they had a couple of opportunities. They only scored once, but they had a couple of opportunities today where they made the extra pass and it created an easier shot. Now, I hate to use this reference because this guy is still like burned into the back of my brain, but Brett Brown used to always talk about good to great in terms of passes and creating that extra pass sometimes is not what people want to see in hockey. You just yell, shoot, and hope for the best, but... (laughs) I thought the Flyers were really patient tonight, and I thought there were two or three opportunities, especially in the first period, one of which they capitalized and scored that first goal on, where the extra pass created an opportunity for them to have a really good look on net. Markstrom was good. I mean, he was quiet in the later portions of the first period, and I think he was pretty quiet in the second period as well. Um, but when the Flames needed him to step up, he was pretty good up until – I thought that 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 third goal to make it four three towards the very end was weak, but I thought both goaltenders um, were gave up weak goals towards the end of the end of the third period. The goal, the the uh, the fourth goal by the Flames and the third goal by the Flyers, I thought were both kind of weak. Or was it the third goal? Whichever one was not the empty net goal for the Flames. Uh-huh, yeah. And the, the the goal that Markstrom gave up at the end, I thought was kind of weak. But I thought in the first period, the Flyers had a, a lot of opportunities and they were patient. They took what the Flames gave them. And it created some scoring chances that were, even though they didn't capitalize, were, I think, uniquely impressive for a team that was playing three games in four nights. No, I mean, you raised good points. The power play tonight, um, one thing Calgary really did well, they really did a good job of pressuring at the blue line. Mm -hmm. So whoever's running the point, I mean, they just had a tough time. They just got suffocated. You saw... Calgary a couple of times were able to go on breakaways because of that on shorthanded. They had two on one opportunities. I think on that second power play opportunity in the second period, it was second or third up uh, opportunity for Calgary. They had two opportunities where they broke up the, the puck near the blue line and had a two on opportunity on the other end. Luckily, Airson was re- was there and ready. But this is again, you know, it's more it's more times than none 
where this power play, it, it just feels like it's a free opportunity for the other team to just score or, or just kill kill that mo- momentum right then and there. Power plays are supposed to give you momentum. Power play, dude, you should your eye should just light up as a player to see that opportunity. But as a fan base, I don't even know if this team feels excited as well, but as a fan base, we see that power play like, ah, here we go again because it's about to be just like two minutes of pure hell for us. But that's really what I did see here. And I think that the main thing from what I see, obviously, look, the, the best power play units in the NHL, there's good talent on those on those teams. Those are guys who are snipers. Those are guys who have confidence. And right now, that's the key thing. The power play units don't have a lot of confidence. And you don't have the talent as well. It is what it is. And they're going to try a bunch of different things. You know, we've seen a lot of crazy things. We've seen Sean Walker on the power play. Like, we've seen crazy things with these power play units. We just have to keep throwing stuff out there. But... 0 for 4 here tonight again. It's just it, it it is what it is at this point in the season with with the power play. But and you, um, and you can't you can't allow the other the PK you know on the other team to have those many opportunities. That's the only thing I will say, man. Yeah, you talked about it at the top of the broadcast where like these two teams kind of mirror each other when it comes to penalty kill success. There were I, I, I was just looking at the box score and I was stunned that there were only five saves made shorthanded tonight. Because if you would have said that there were eight or 10 or 12, I'd have been like, yep, sounds about right. This is two teams that thrive off the penalty kill and their power plays are not very good. The fact that it was uh, Markstrom made three and Erson made two. And again, I, I could have been fooled into thinking that there were seven breakaway opportunities because, well, and, and you were correct too. I think that the, they, they had high press. They had, they had a lot of high press today. And when, you are sloppy at the point, high press turns the breakaway opportunities. And that leads me to back to what we started the show with today, which was despite the fact that he gave up three goals, I thought Sam Erson was their best player tonight. Kept him in this game, man. And, and you can't yeah, give him it enough. Could have been, it could have been six really easy. No, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it could have been six. Uh, Erson really kept him in this game, and he was the Flyers for a lot of it, You know, especially you're talking about those tired legs. And um, I, I, I think uh, Scotty talked about it on the broadcast. I mean, you know, eventually the way Erson was playing and the way the Flyers are just laying, laying him out to dry, man, eventually they were going to pounce, and, and that's what happened. A one a one nothing lead eventually turned into 3-1, and, and then the, the game was, was history at that point, man, and there was not much else that could have been done there. Uh, you, you, talk, yeah, you, were, you were talking about the the team with the, the the teams with the successful power plays like there is that dude or a couple of those dudes in the league that you know, throughout the entirety of the league that facilitate power plays on their own for years it was alexander ovechkin and i mean he's still doing it it's just at a lesser level you know now than he was for you know 15 consecutive years or whatever you know however long he's been dominating the league for um I think a lot of teams are looking for that individual goal scorer. And I, I, quite frankly, I don't think you need, and I mean this specifically on the power play, I don't think you need that one dude. It certainly helps. I'm not going to say you, it, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, don't get an Alexander Ovechkin if you can't, you know, if, if you have him. Don't get, you know, a premier goal scorer in the league. But my point being is there have been, way too many Flyers teams over the course of the, the last decade or so where, you know, I was just yelling about the shoot, shoot, shoot crowd. And they had some merit to a point. Now, I think quality possession is better than quantity shots, but they had some merit to a point because it was just pass around the arc, pass around the point, back to – and this was during a time where there was uh, Giroux, there was uh, Katorie, there was Voracek, there was Simmons, like, and it was still, like, it was much, but don't get me wrong. I'm not, compa- believe me, this is a, histo- like, almost historically bad power play. I'm not comparing the two in that sense. But what I'm saying is there was, like, futility at times where people got frustrated because of the um, lack of scoring chances because of the lack of quantity of shots. I-, I don't think you need one guy to facilitate your entire power play. I think you need a power play that cycles well. I think you need a point facilitator who can be the quarterback of the the power play, whether it be your fourth forward or your one defenseman out there. And you need a guy or you, you need a group collective effort that's going to put sustained pressure on a four man unit to keep that four man unit on the ice as long as possible. Um, the, the, the Flyers power play has not done that 
It didn't do it last year. It's not done it this year. There's too many one one shot clears. There's too many dump and chase that don't get picked up. <laughs> and and listen, I hate to say it, but they're not athletic enough just to dump and chase. Yeah, and not athletic enough yet. They're better than they were last year in the terms of athleticism, but they're not athletic enough to dump and chase, and they're not athletic enough to try uh, you know point entries uh, through the point like skated skating mm-hmm. into the the point and ender through. Um, it there's got to be a, a a middle ground where you can find sustained success where the power play may get better opportunities, even if it's not connecting the quality and quantity of opportunities can raise at an incremental level. Yeah. I mean, like I know people like to criticize Rocky Thompson too, but I mean, I I think it's when I watch them out there, to me, the main thing I notice personally is the confidence. And yes, uh, thank you so much for that boost wholesale. Yes. We cannot forget Nick Backstrom. He was, he was, Maybe more important on the power play than Ovi because Ovi Ovi would hit his. You knew his soft spot. Oh, it was, it was a spot. spot. I mean, he he played in a spot and he was just exactly. He's the best on the right. ice. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. he's he's not wrong. Like there there's it wasn't just the Ovechkin unit. I was just using that as an example to say that's your that's he's scoring the goal. Like if you're on the power play, the likelihood is who's scoring Ovechkin. Absolutely. You know it's it's funny, um, Tyler, because. During Chucky's time here, and I remember like they would go on those losing streaks, and then Chucky would have to go in the presser and like talk in front of everyone in the media. And I just remember like one of those pressers, dude, he would like he was talking about the power play, and he's like, you know, well before I even got here, this team struggled on the power play. Well, no shit, that's why they hired you so you can fix these problems. And we're still having these issues here. So hopefully, by the time we have kids, Tyler, if we can ever afford that. Maybe our <laughs> kids can see a good power play unit. <laughs> I I think that there is a base building, and the unfortunate part is the base that gets built doesn't get cemented until at least one of two of Cutter Gautier or Matvey Mitchkov are here. That's right. And the likelihood is it probably doesn't get cemented until both of them are here. That will boost Hoso. That's that's your back Sherman Ovi. All right. <laughs> it, it's it's Gauthier and it's Mitch Gall, you, right? You said that, not me. <laughs> Just in case this whole thing goes to uh goes down in flames, you said that. As, well, this is the last time we've done post games. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, what's that? Hold on. I'm getting a call. <laughs> Uh, JP, we got fired. We we're done. We got we got cut from the from the post game. So uh, we have seen the stress uh, the stressing reliance on the lob pass through the neutral zone. Telling you, the dump and chase thing only works when you you have sk- skaters who are, are are fast enough and athletic enough to to be able to make the play. And again, they're getting better at it, but they're still not. They're still a relatively unath. I shouldn't say unathletic. That's that's rude. These are professional athletes. They're still a relatively um, slow-footed team for a 2023 NHL team. Yeah, much better, much better than than last year, but it's still not. It's it's still not at that level that you'd like it to be. It, it, it's definitely getting better. We're gonna get there, and I'll say this: the speed is much better from even the last two years because I watched teams just skate all around the Flyers the last two years. This yep. year. They don't like you said. They don't have the athleticism, but they're they're doing a much better job of keeping up for sure. Um, Boost wholesale mentioned it as well. We don't have a Nick. We all wish Frost could be it. Dude, tonight, yo, Tyler, I can't think of a better opportunity than what Morgan Frost had in that second period. Um, that turnover that that Calgary just literally gave to Morgan yes, Frost right in front of net. All he had to do was just Deacon put it right through the five hole, and he was just. Not enough there, man. That was I can't think of a better opportunity than that one. But so I, I don't I don't want to make excuses for Morgan Frost because the excuses have been made enough for sure. Uh, and and I think that at some point we're looking at a player as the player is and not the evaluation of what he could be. Um, but I also think that it does have to prove difficult to need to be on like the finest of like razor's edge. Because he's always looking over his shoulder, wondering if he's going to get healthy scratch the next game. Because, listen, we understand the relationship between John Tortorella and Morgan Frost. I don't even know if it exists, to be honest with you. I, I would have to speak to Charlie because he's there much more 
uh, frequently and, and around these players, but I, I don't even know if the relationship exists at this point. Um, so I don't want to sit here and make a plethora of excuses for the guy, but I do think it has to be difficult to always be playing with one eye kind of glancing backwards. You know, I mean, even like when you have like, you know, Bobby Brink and Morgan Frost, it felt like for a while they were competing for ice time out there. It, it, it is tough, but like, I, I think that's kind of what Torch is doing. Like you're trying to weed away the, the, the bad seeds essentially from this crop that we're building here. And, you know, unfortunately, Morgan, you're going to you're going to go through this. Young players go through these. They're going to go through these battles. And I think Torch kind of wants to see what he's made of from from all these this competition here. But you know, Bobby Brink got a goal here tonight as well. He dude, he was so tired as well. at <laughs> goal minute. There there were dead legs across the ice. You could just and, and listen, I think that this team probably would have folded um 10 to 12 minutes prior if it weren't for who their head coach was and the conditioning that he put them through mm-hmm. now granted you have to they, these guys have to put the uh these guys have to put the onus on themselves a little bit too because they're grown men and they're professionals at their job but i think that it is credit to the um it, it is credit to the conditioning that they've they've put together over the, the last season plus that they didn't maybe this thing got stretched thin about 10 to 12 hockey minutes longer than it probably had a right to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all this talk about homegrowns, all this talk about talent from our backyard here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I want to talk about another business here, another great sponsor here that we have in our backyard, and that is Wheelhouse Cards, ladies and gentlemen. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley right here in your backyard, ladies and gentlemen. Their motto is cards and community because of the love of sports unites us all. Amen to that. They carry all of your favorite car brands from Topps, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, hoodies from brands like Mitchell Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food Starter, and Chevy Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop in either of the stores in Wayne or Westchester, not too far away. They're open seven days a week. And when you're in the store, make sure you guys use the promo code PHLY. You'll get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Again, PHLY is the code, $10 off of $25 or more in-store, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you guys head on over to Wheelhouse Cards. And also make sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Thank you so much to our sponsor here at Wheelhouse Cards. Yeah, while we're at it, let me tell you about FOCO as well, because you have seen all of the really cool gear over the last six months. And I can't believe, I shouldn't say six months, probably closer to four um, I can't believe that we've been doing this thing for almost four months now. And as we head into 2024, wow. I think we got a lot of fun stuff planned. And FOCO is right there along for the ride with us. They have hats, hoodies, T-shirts, tailgating experiences. Of course, you can get the Phillies overalls if you're so inclined. But, um, you know, if you want to leave them in 2023, that's not the only thing that they have for you because you have all of your Philadelphia merchandise and apparel as well as accessories toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. FOCO offers the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandom. I understand that today was not fun for Philadelphia Eagles fans, and quite frankly, JP, um, we may not get another tailgate experience in 2024 if the the Eagles have to go on the road and be a wildcard team. But if for some reason they do find themselves at home, you can get overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything that you need to take to the game with you. And FOCO has hooked up PHLY and provided some awesome pieces for our set. And I don't know if you saw the uh, ugly sweater that Jamie was wearing uh, a couple weeks ago that says it's a Philly thing in the Kelly Green. It's a sweet sweater. And quite frankly, I don't even think it's ugly. I know that that's what they call them, but I think it's a pretty nice sweater overall. Uh, And you can get all of that at FOCO because they always have our back for Philly sports and they have yours too. get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non presale items. Use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off your purchase. Thank you to our sponsor FOCO. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys check that out. Um, All right. Let's talk about the controversial play in the second period. The possible hit on Zamula from behind. Uh, which then gets called for a penalty there. There, It's interesting because there is kind of a dilemma in the NHL in 2023-2024 
obviously the game has changed. Uh, like the days of like, you know, Scott Stevens just laying one on our beloved Eric Lindros, you know, like those days are kind of done, right? So the game is more fast. It's more skillful, which is good in some senses, but in the other senses that a lot of these players now don't know how to hit and also don't know how to take a hit. I, we both agreed that seemed to be a legal hit, possible put on Zamula. Obviously, that's a tough spot for the ref. Um, Zamula was down. I mean, he was on all fours. He was hurting for a little bit. Obviously, got back up. But, you know, curious to hear what your thoughts are. But I, I think that the bigger issue here is that we just don't know how to take hits, brother. <laughs> so I think that in the moment, so my immediate reaction was, oh, he's getting five for that. Because most of the time, if you see a player go face first into the boards at this point, especially if they go down for any extended period of time, you're definitely getting two. And the likelihood is at this point, because we talked about the player safety, you're probably getting five. You know, you might even get game misconduct at that point. Um, But that was my first reaction was he's probably going to get five for that one. And then I watched the replay and I watched Zamula's body turn a little bit, and it didn't look to me like um, Pospisil left his feet in any way. It didn't look to me like uh, it was a malicious, you know, like boarding type. And he got called for boarding and maybe probably the right call for two. Um, but to me, I'll be honest with you, JP, I look back and watched it a second time. I rewound it to watch it a third time. It, if it wasn't clean, it was pretty darn close. You know, obviously it's great to see that, that Igor Zamula did not get like seriously injured by that. Um, but I, I, I didn't see a, a, a hit that facilitated anything more than two. No, I, I, I 100% agree with you, man. It's, it, it, it's, it's interesting. And I wonder, you know, if the NHL kind of, you know, as you know, NHL, NHLPA kind of look at it at the end of the year. Uh, in the off season, but it, it's something that we're, I, I see it all throughout the NHL, honestly. So it, it is something that uh, we're, that the league is definitely going to have to look at as well. I, I want yeah, that, that right there. Uh, K-Red, Atkinson, that was something I wanted to bring up here tonight. There's like, there's like a group of players. I, I, I lump up five different players here that if we just got a little bit more, things would probably change for the Flyers, especially like in nights like tonight, maybe it could be a difference of a win. I lump up these five players. So Atkinson, Forrester, Brink, Lots, and Frost. I just, I know the potential with these players. I know these guys have talent, but I'm not getting it on a night-to-night basis from these guys. Obviously, Frost, I, I thought he had an assist here tonight. He did have, he didn't miss that sitter that he could have had a goal here. Uh, but he's definitely had some better games as of late. But Atkinson is the one guy, because he's a vet, because he's Torch dude as well. He's played with Torch too. Right now, dude, he just needs to score that goal. And I think that that would just, that whatever um, yips he's got going on right now, I think that would really help him. But, dude, it, 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 like he had this one opportunity where I believe Frost got the turnover in the zone and he gets it right to Atkinson. And Atkinson had like the left side of the net open. He just couldn't hit it properly. Dude, he's, it's all mental right now for him, man. Just off the top of your head, JP, you know the last time Cam Atkinson scored a goal? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. We we talked. Me and Bill talked about this before because I thought he hadn't scored one. But like, dude, it's been early on in the season where he got a goal. So he scored on back to back nights. He scored uh, November 11th and then the night prior on ele- uh, November 10th. We are closing in on the first day of 2024, which means that he has not scored a goal almost on to two months now. And so I don't. Um, again, we were talking about you know like at some point a player is just what they are. And I know that it was, you know, you the expectations were, tem- uh, were were tempered a little bit with Atkinson heading into the season. At this point, 17 points, eight goals, nine assists. He's a minus nine. I'm just not convinced at this point that he is anything more than what we've seen. And he had an assist tonight. So he gets in, you know, he gets in the stat sheet. But I, I'm just, I'm not so sure he's anything more than what we're getting at this point, which gets you back to the point of, you know, our, our commenters were talking about if you were to move a guy like Atkinson, because, you know, you go back even a little bit further, you were talking about trade deadline being a month away. And the the, the reality of the situation is this team still isn't going to add like they're more likely 
I, I think option one is probably stay pat. Option two is sell some of your expiring contracts. Option three, which is like a distant third, is to 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 buy. And I think they would be silly to buy at this point. Um, I don't know if there is there a return for Atkinson at the. I mean. There, let me rephrase that. There probably is a return for Atkinson because somebody somewhere is going to go. I can fix that. And we're we're that a, one dude. We're a <laughs> contender. He'll play on the third line. We'll give up a five. Now, granted, that that's just an example. I don't know if the Flyers say yes to a five, but they'll say they'll give up a, a you know a late round pick and we'll put him on the third line and we'll see if he produces come playoff time. I just don't know if at this point of the season. He's a point producer for this. He's ever going to be a point producer for this Flyers team. And the thing is, is that he's coming off injury, right? He's coming off an injury riddled season last year. And you would, so like, okay, to your point, okay, he gets traded to a Stanley Cup contender. Like the thing is, is that like this team, not a Stanley Cup contender, but the vibes are really well. He said it himself. Like the vibes are the best it's ever been here. And he's still not producing. So if the vibes are good here, this team is playing well. He's not part of that. Who's to say he goes to a championship caliber team and it's still the same thing. So it is tough. It's going to be tough to find a partner to trade with for Cam Atkinson because yeah, it, it, HC says he's 35. There's no GM that thinks they can fix him. Um, <laughs> you're probably, you're probably right. Like if he were 27 and, you know, had productive years in the past, like, listen, Cam Atkinson has been a good player in his NHL career. For sure. Um, this at this point you're right probably 35 off injury um he's not un like he's not useless right he's a good penalty killer he's still i think a productive nhl player i just don't think he's a productive point scorer anymore yeah and i i listen boost i agree i don't think he's broken but one thing I would expect from a veteran player, especially someone who's proven to score in this league, to score. You know, it, Charlie says it too. Like, you know, he doesn't think he's broken either. And, you know, one goal, what, what, it'll break it'll break loose for him. And unfortunately, with his age and kind of where he's at physically, it's just taking a little bit longer. And who knows if it does at this point. It, it, it is definitely, it's, it's tough for him. And we'll have to wait and see if that, that does happen. But if he's someone that can produce some more, that would really help this team out, especially for those young players, man. So I, re I really believe that. Of that list that you provided, it was, what, five players? Yeah. He, to me, at this point, is probably number four in terms of, it, like, one being the one I expect to break out the most, five being the one I expect to break out the least. And the only reason he's four and not five is because I don't know how to trust or consider what Morgan Frost's trajectory is for the remainder of True. the season. Like, mm -hmm. If you just plugged this into NHL, you know, 24 and said, what's potential? Morgan Frost still has that potential for sure are way further up than Cam Atkinson does because he's, you know, he's much, much younger than Cam Atkinson. But at this point, um, the rest of the list, like Lawton, I would put ahead of him. Um, Brink for sure would put ahead of him. And then who was the fifth? Uh, I had Frost, Lots, Brink, Forrester and Atkinson. And Forrester too. I think I would, I would probably at this point put ahead of him playing yeah he's been playing much better as of late but those goals were starting to fall but now not again so hopefully that can keep falling again but the the future is absolutely bright here for but me. it was it was a great question in the chat earlier noah kate's return is not eminent immediately but it's about to happen sooner rather than later what happens at that point who becomes the one that who's the odd man out because if you look at it on the surface there's an easy answer Yes, but then there's the torts logic of it all, and I, I think that means that Frost will. will get well, no, it's, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry if, if that was was uh, misunderstood. The easy answer is Morgan Frost. Yeah, because I, I think, because of what we talked about that relationship and and how torts views him. I, I yeah. So like my logic though, I would probably sit out the veteran players, either Atkinson or Lots, depending on where they're at once Kate's comes back because I just want to see the young players. But, yeah, I mean, Torch kind of – I think Torch knows what he has in Frost, and I, I, that's why I don't think he's stressing it. And, and, and once Cates comes back, it's just easy for him to just interchange Frost and Cates. And so I think that's kind of where we're going to be heading, man. Uh, Tyler, this last point before we hop on, I want to I I, I be a little more relaxed on this last point here. Um, I want to go off the ice, and I want to go back to the gridiron a little bit. 
but it's related to the Flyers. So Kyler Murray, right, walks into Philadelphia, right? Arizona's looking for an upset. Mm -hmm. Decides to pull the savagery, bro, and walks in in a Crosby, but like 2010's Crosby Penguins jersey. And he he knew what he was doing at that point. Sure did. So for you, obviously, a Flyer Eagles fan, did you feel something like that? Did you feel uh, that? Not, not really, no. Um, and the reason being is because that was just – it was a guy trying to get into the heads of Flyers, your Flyers fans, right? Like that wasn't for the Eagles because whoever is like whatever. Now, granted, we've seen the Eagles and and all of Philadelphia teams kind of support each other, right? The Phillies and the Eagles have a really good connection. Absolutely. The Sixers and the and the the Eagles have a good connection, but like the the overarching player on any given team in a city roots for probably the hockey team, the baseball team, the basketball, whatever, like the non-sports that you play in, roots for the team they they grew up in, right? Like Jalen Hurts is an Astros fan. And, um, you know, like all, like Bry- uh, Bryce Harper was a Cowboys fan. and Don Brown, notoriously. Don Brown, big cow. You know what I mean? So, like, I, that wasn't for the players because do they care? I don't know. That was for us. That was for the fan. Um, that was for – the you know the 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 sports radio banter that was yeah. for the bar stool banter that was for us like that it, so it, no it didn't hold any merit to me it, it it was it was interesting um when he did that and I, I i thought the same thing like i thought like this man is just trying to get in everyone's head not just like the eagles uh i'm not just the eagles fans but just philadelphia philadelphia as a whole but what i did find interesting though you know what's interesting is that in that Sidney Crosby has a 45 and 40 record against the Flyers. I feel like he should have more than a 45. Like his win total should be much greater than his loss total. This is the general this is the, the most important player in the last decade for the NHL. Against the rivals, shouldn't there be more wins? That's you would think my, so. Um my point would- of view. Yeah, you you would probably think so, especially considering how good those Penguins teams were for, you know, a decade plus. But, I mean, the the Flyers were kind of kryptonite for them a little bit. Um, You know, back and forth in playoff series, the one was a lot of fun. The one was not fun at all. And, you know, you could always go back to the Claude Giroux shift and, you know, the the outdoor game. Like, there's – a lot of reason that the flyers were kind of the penguins kryptonite a little bit throughout the years. Now, granted it didn't stop the penguins from winning what three cups, two cups, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, But I, it it doesn't bother me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. By the way, all right. One thing, if you don't mind before we wrap up and I know everybody wants to go celebrate their, uh, their new years. um, I believe it was uh, boost wholesale that was saying, the fourth line left winger is the obvious change. And my assumption into that, meaning based on the fact that he played less than nine minutes tonight, he's talking about Nick Delorier. Um, the Delorier was a guy that I loved watching play last year just because he was a, a great grind type of player. But the way that this team is trending now, I don't think there's much value. I shouldn't say value. I don't think there's much place – for Delorier or a player that's just grit grind, if a they're not, you know, I'm not asking for the guy to put the puck in the back of the net. But as you know, Boost Wholesale pointed out, if he is talking about Delorier, which I suspect that's the case, um, it's not a physical style of play from him any, you know, really this season. And and quite frankly, I think that would make the most sense. I don't know if that happens, but that would make the most sense for the Kate's return. I, I listen. I, I agree. Like I like the fact that Laurier is like he has seemed a little less physical. He has seemed a little less reluctant to to fight, and that was kind of his thing. That was part of his. Yeah, I don't care. I don't even care about the fights. I care about the physicality. Is I think sure. the two can be different. For sure. No, I I agree with that. I agree with that. But he's put like he was supposed to be the, the good, like the caregiver, especially with all these young players. But Tyler, as long as he's you know. Knocking on Torch's door, saying a couple jokes, you know, buttering his, his, you know, his bottom. Like he's he's gonna be here. He's gonna be in that starting lineup. But I'm I'm in agreement with you. And it's interesting because like Delore was a chunky guy. I thought like I thought that was his 
the higher the signing was Chucky and and his uh, relationship with with Delore, but Torts loves him, man. So I th- I think he's gonna stay in there, unfortunately. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. But Tyler, man, that's the last one for PHLY Sports. It's the last post game show for 2023. It was truly awesome. I want to thank everyone at PHLY Sports, especially Bill and Charlie, for allowing us the opportunity to take on the post game show. And of course, thank you to everyone who tuned in. I know it's not the handsome faces of Bill and Charlie, but hey, we thank you guys for giving us the opportunity here. We're Flyers fans. We love this team. We love you guys. We love PHLY Sports. So we appreciate you guys hopping on in and joining us. Tyler, any last words for these lovely people watching on in? With yeah, us? I just echo what you said. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Enjoy the uh, the rest of your evening and your holiday tomorrow. The one thing I will say that I did not expect heading into 2024. We will have meaningful Flyers hockey to talk about, to watch, to ingest, to consume, to overreact to, and everything in between. So uh, for you, JP, and for Bill, and for Charlie, I'm appreciative of being allowed to be on this show a couple times in the last couple of weeks. I did not expect good hockey and, and meaningful hockey in 2024, and here we are. I think that this is – I don't know how this thing ends, but at least it's entertaining and it's meaningful, and that's all we can ask for. Good Hockey in 2024. Philadelphia, you people deserve that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of PHLY Flyers postgame show. Again, the Flyers fall on New Year's Eve, 4-3 against Calgary. But it's all right. We got 2024 to make it up for. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Tyler Zuli. I go by the name of JP Zapata. Until next time, thank you so much for watching, guys. Happy New Year. 